0: Fred Phelps was born in Meridian, Mississippi on November 13, 1929. His father was a railroad police officer and his mother was a homemaker. In 1935, Fred's mother died of cancer, which led his aunt to assume an active role in raising him. Fred was an academically gifted student. He graduated high school at the age of 16, ranking number 6 out of 213 students. He was granted admission to the United States Military Academy at West Point but did not enroll. Fred claimed to have a profound religious experience and decided to devote his life to evangelism. He was ordained a Southern Baptist minister in 1947 and he moved to Tennessee to attend college. His family was upset with him for turning down West Point. Fred was critical of his family as well. His father had remarried a woman who was divorced after his mother died. Fred had strong feelings about people who were divorced. He became estranged from his family, never speaking to any of them again. Fred dropped out of college in Tennessee and moved to California. There he attended another college in Pasadena. He worked as a street preacher while on the campus. He would admonish other students about numerous sins being committed on campus, including profanity, cheating, filthy jokes told by teachers, and evil language. The school told him he had to stop preaching on campus. He simply moved just off the campus and continued. Fred married a woman named Margie Sims in 1952. They would eventually have 13 children. They moved to Topeka, Kansas in 1954. Fred worked as an associate pastor at a Baptist church. In 1955, he became the pastor of his own church, Westboro Baptist Church. This church has been identified as a hate group, which I'll talk more about in the analysis. In 1964, Fred earned a law degree from a school in Topeka. He wasn't too popular in his community or really anywhere. He had difficulty finding people to attest to his good character to be admitted to the bar. In 1969, he was given a two-year suspension from practicing as an attorney after committing professional misconduct. He continued practicing after his suspension was over. Fred became well-known for representing black clients in civil rights cases. He fought against discrimination and became quite famous as an advocate for racial justice. However, not all Fred's behavior in court attracted positive attention. Fred filed a frivolous lawsuit against a court reporter and during the trial belittled her and accused her of perverted sex acts. In 1979, he was permanently disbarred from practicing law in the state of Kansas. This didn't stop him from practicing in federal courts, but in 1989, he agreed to stop practicing there after being caught making false allegations against judges. Starting that same year, 1989, Westboro Baptist Church, under the leadership of Fred Phelps, actively started protesting against homosexuality. This anti-gay position would become a prominent feature of the church, although later the group would express hatred toward many other groups as well. Fred and members of his church would protest at various venues. The church spent about $250,000 a year traveling to different locations and picketing. The church members would picket funerals of murder victims who were gay, people who died from AIDS, and they would protest at military funerals. The church believed that soldiers were dying because the United States embraced homosexuality. The church members essentially believed that everything bad that happened in America was due to God punishing America for homosexuality. On March 10, 2006, the church picketed the funeral of a Marine who died in Iraq a week earlier. His name was Matthew Snyder. The Snyder family sued the church, Fred Phelps, and several church members, they eventually won an award of over $10 million. The case eventually went to the Supreme Court where Fred Phelps prevailed in an 8-to-1 decision. His behavior was protected under the First Amendment. Fred and his church made a lot of enemies over the course of his life. They antagonized people in a number of different ways. Fred ran as a Democrat several times, three times for the governor of Kansas and once for the U.S. Senate. He was unsuccessful each time. Fred Phelps would die on March 19, 2014, at the age of 84. Westboro Baptist Church continued to spread a message of hate, although they have lost a number of members since Fred's death. Now moving to my analysis, let's take a look at some of the unusual beliefs of Fred Phelps and Westboro Baptist Church, and some of the other items that stood out to me in this case. Item number one, Fred Phelps believed in predestination. He thought that there was no such thing as free will. God had selected a small number of people who will go to heaven, and everyone else would burn in the fires of hell for eternity. Not surprisingly, Fred believed he was in the non-burning group. Fred had an unusual interpretation of the Bible. He said, you can't believe the Bible without believing that God hates people. It's pure nonsense to say that God loves the sinner but hates the sin. He hates the sin, and he hates the sinner he sends them to hell. Do you think he loves people in hell? Among the many inconsistencies in Fred's beliefs would be the idea that if certain people were guaranteed to go to heaven and everyone else was not, what's the point of all the protesting? Why worry about anything? What can he actually change? Was his mission simply to aggravate people who are going to hell anyway? Adding insult to eternal torment? Item number two, Fred Phelps hated a lot of different groups, just to name a few. People who are gay, Muslims, Catholics, people of the Jewish faith, atheists, Australians, people from Ireland, and soldiers killed in Iraq. He also hated many specific people. It's a long list, but just to name a few. Diana, Princess of Wales, Fred Rogers, Ronald Reagan, Bill O'Reilly, Heath Ledger, Roger Ebert, Frank Sinatra, John Stewart, Jerry Falwell and Sonny Bono. Fred did like a few people, including Saddam Hussein and Al Gore, although eventually he turned on Al Gore as well. Transform your home in one weekend with paint from the arts. Get a paint that combines durability and gorgeous color. Dutch Boys DuraClean Interior Paint and Primer in One offers state clean technology making your home stay beautiful and clean longer. And with Dutch Boy's easy opening, smooth pouring container, transforming your home has never been easier. Save big money on Dutch Boy paints and head into Menards to get your paint project started today. Save big money at Menards. 24 hours ago, I found out the person I'd been dating and seeing for the last six months as a con man. Moving to item number three. Toward the end of his life, Fred started exhibiting signs of cognitive decline. It's not clear if this was dementia, but either way, members of his church accused him of behaving in an irrational manner. They implied he was getting soft and nice, which was terribly out of character. At one point, a nonprofit purchased a house across the street from the church and painted it with an LGBT rainbow. Fred stepped out of the church and said, You're good people. Fred was excommunicated from Westboro Baptist Church less than a year before he died. The church members were highly offended that anybody would be thought of as good. Item number four is the public response to Fred Phelps and his church. They have been condemned by just about everybody, although there will always be a small group of supporters for any belief system. Fred has been referred to as the most hated man in America His family has been referred to as the most hated family in America. Some people believe this is too restrictive. It's more like the most hated family in the world. Even other hate groups do not like Fred Phelps. They believed he was giving all the hate groups a bad name because reputation management is one of the top concerns for a hate group. Item number five is the cult-like atmosphere at Westboro Baptist Church. Many of the members were related to Fred Phelps, and several have left the church. Some of the people who left accused the church of manipulating them, like it was a cult. The members were expected to be the church's version of spiritual and godly. One member said it was like walking on eggshells. What was going on with Fred Phelps? What made him so full of hate? Fred Phelps was obsessed with sex, not necessarily having sex personally, but the idea that other people would have sex was very offensive to him. Early in his days of antagonism, he protested against cheating and profanity. He added promiscuous petting and making out in the backseat of cars. Then he progressed to other types of sexual activity. Somehow, Fred put this together with his religious belief system and his very pronounced disagreeableness to engage in a hate campaign that would last for decades. It was almost like Fred Phelps hated just about everyone. He was so full of hate He had trouble expressing all of it. He was bursting at the seams with hate. Therefore, he looked to his belief system and decided to distort it into what he needed it to be. He spent his life trying to convince people how bad they were, how they would burn in hell forever, how they were destroying America and destroying the world. Everybody was terrible, and Fred was the only good person. He was just trying to wake everybody up. Fred Phelps was arguably one of the most judgmental people who ever lived, except when it came to himself. Fred had extreme personality traits, one could argue so extreme that they may have been pathological. For example, he appeared to be antisocial, narcissistic, obsessive-compulsive, and paranoid. The obsessive-compulsive personality features meant that he had a rigid interpretation of the rules. He was so strict that there was no room for dialogue or learning. Due to the nature of his inflammatory statements, people don't think of his behavior as being driven by mental health problems. Rather, they think he's just choosing to be antagonistic. I think people may have given Fred Phelps way too much credit. He had extreme personality features and somehow found himself in a position of power. Maybe his narcissism actually led him to gaining power, as it often does. This power allowed him to express his personality features with devastating results. Many people with extreme disagreeableness have hated all types of people, but Fred managed to stay in the spotlight when he should have been dismissed and forgotten. Nobody had compassion for Fred Phelps. His hatred was only met with hatred, which I think offers an important lesson about how people approach extreme personality features. He was able to put together a combination of words, whereby he was universally hated. One could argue that what he was really communicating was that he had mental health problems. What makes Fred Phelps different from a disheveled man standing in the middle of an emergency room screaming nonsensical and hateful statements? A man like this would normally be looked upon with compassion, like people would look at him and say, he probably needs help. They wouldn't necessarily take everything he said seriously. What was it about Fred Phelps that people did take him seriously? Why was he viewed as a powerful, influential figure and not simply as someone who needed assistance? I think the reason he was not looked at this way is because he was a cult leader. What made him difficult to ignore was the fact that he was leading a group of like minded people. It wasn't just Fred Phelps, it was Westboro Baptist Church as well. He seemed organized he appeared as though he was making decisions according to some thought-out plan. It was a hateful plan, but a plan nonetheless. His obsessive compulsive personality characteristics were interpreted by others as a carefully crafted strategy. Again, people were giving him too much credit. I think Fred is an example of what happens when extreme personality pathology is not treated and the individual ascends to a position of power. This is why extreme narcissistic characteristics must be treated when they are identified. It's not a minor problem that should be ignored. Narcissistic people should never be in charge of anything, yet their relentless drive toward grandiosity often affords them this privilege. This has been True Crime Psychology and Personality from Ars Longa Media. This content is for educational and entertainment purposes only. Ars Longa, vita Brevis. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines.